and welcome to Vandal Factory. My name's Henry. And my name's Natalie. And, and we... together we are Vandal, Vandal Factory. Factory. And this is our first ever ELFM Vandal Factory radio show. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Hey, Henry Raby, what's your vibe? So what's my vibe? Uh, Natalie Quatermass, I am a playwright, I'm a poet, I'm a punk poet, mm-hmm. which means I put patches on my jeans. Shake fists at the sky. Oh, I hate you, sky. You're just so annoying. Um, make angry, ranty political poetry in political theatre as part of our theatre company, Vandal Factory. And we have emerged from the COVID yeah. restrictions, lockdowns, and we've gone, why don't we add an extra wing to our theatre company but- and be... Go on. And, and do a radio show. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Lovely. What? But I, I was going to ask, like, some people listening might might recognise your dulcet <laughs> tones. They might go, hang on a minute, that weaselly beardy boy that I've seen sitting around Chapel FM sounds a bit familiar. So just, just to clarify, Henry, are you, what's so, what's your role within Chapel FM? I'm a sort of big deal, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a sort of like, I'm actually sort of, you know, I've got a lot of sway here. That's why, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've That's why got I got you the job <laughs> just, just to get that in yeah um i am the uh, broadcasting worker here at chapel fm but in this capacity uh, although i am in charge of vlfm in this capacity i am now removing the lanyard of oppression da, 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 da. i need to take my headphones off to do so okay they're going up the lanyards oh, going there off it there is. it is it's been removed. Wonderful. So, Whoa, you look totally different now. Now I'm cool and and, yes. and, 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 and outside the system and mm. everything I say is my own personal view. So our funders can't be like, what? He said he he said he said to smash the system, but, but we quite like but the system. But we love capitalism. We are well into capitalism, mate. Um but enough about Henry Raby for now. Uh, Natalie, what, what's your vibe? What are you oh, on about? I thought you'd never <laughs> ask. Well, uh, I live in this ESC Croft, just down the road from Chapel FM, and I moved here uh, right at the beginning of the first lockdown, and you couldn't you couldn't stay away from me, could you? So we just <laughs> wangled it so that you would get a, a job down the road. Uh, I'm a theatre maker, and I'm also doing a PhD, a practice-based research degree at York St. John's University in climate justice and mm. theatre and mm. arts. Mm. So I've been the theatre director for our for Vandal Factory, where we've made political theatre together, as Henry said, um, as well as working with lots of community groups and young people. And uh, that's my vibe. I also do lots of shaking my fist at the clouds. Yeah, we are. We just look like clowns covering up our sun. Um, so that's how we've got here. But how are we feeling now we're here? We're going to open every show by asking, how's your hope and how's your anger? Or how's your hope or anger? But we'll work it out. We'll work we, it out. Work it I think out. I think really this came from um this show is gonna be about all the things that me and Henry love to make work about. So our favourite artists, our favourite politics, our activists, and and two key emotions in <laughs> in this world that we live in is is hope and anger. Hope. We've got one last feature for you folks, and it is of course Nat's provocation station. The chat train is pulling into Nat's provocation station. <laughs> I love- 
love these jingles, Henry. They're brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, this is my my provocation station. I get to close the show with um, just whatever I've been thinking about, really. I think I mentioned at the top that I'm doing a PhD at the Institute of Social Justice. So I'm often thinking some big old thoughts about art and activism and politics. And I'm going to try and articulate a few of them for you now. I think this will... Um, maybe sum up a few of the the moral dilemmas I think that we've been touching upon in the world of art and activists and the likes of us um so yeah this is this is where I've been at this week when it comes to the climate justice movement do you ever get the feeling that we're in a film like The Truman Show, apart from I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be the unsuspecting Jim Carrey character or one of those actors With the COP26 smouldering on the horizon like Mount Doom, we know what this story entails. The protesters will polish off their wittiest placards and most satirical costumes. They will chant and wail and pray that this time the message will get through. The suits will shake hands and dutifully receive their 40 lashings from Greta for their sins. They will clap, perhaps shed a tear and then make promises that they have no intention of keeping. Do I sound cynical? Yeah, it happens a bit more often these days. I must be getting older. And it suits me to be a bit more optimistic. So when I catch myself getting lost in this epic, doom-filled, completely overwhelming movie, I ground myself and get some dirt under my fingernails. Literally. For the last 12 months, I've been lucky enough to be a part of Climate Action Seacroft, a newly formed resident group that have come together to connect around environmental and climate-based issues and action that we can take in our local area. The priorities of the group are to focus on creating a community allotment, growing our own food and forest garden, connecting with schools and young people and each other. It's about relationship building and appreciation for nature and community togetherness. Will climate action sea crops stop the seas from rising? No. It will, however, transform some people's lives. And unlike many of the environmental activist groups I've been a part of in my adult life, there's not a dreadlock or a mohawk or even much of a sniff of alternative culture just the everyday embodied repetitions and practices of care that make modest and purposeful contributions to progressive and social environmental goals. When I feel overwhelmed by the magnitude of the climate crisis, I return to this quiet form of activism, putting my megaphone and poster paint under the stairs and embracing small practical changes that can develop into long-lasting structural change. At the beginning of his book, Environmental Justice, The Key Issues, Brendan Coulsat writes, If histories are stories, they must be continuously told, added to and retold. Dear reader, I hope you are and may become part of the telling. So in The Truman Show, even the extras do influence the main narrative. I think it's okay, necessary even, to step back and reflect upon your own role within the climate crisis blockbuster. 
Oh, very good. Little provocation there from Natalie Quatermass. Clap, 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 what do you clap, think, Hannes? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. It's about, we were talking before about that normalisation, like defeating the normal narrative of, of racism that, you know, refugees, people from around the world that welcome here with our narrative, with a much more hopeful one. And the same with the climate crisis is this, we need to have this narrative that it's normal to care and it's normal mm -hmm. to want to take action but I guess it's that yeah. entry level isn't it um, there's been so much in the news about Insulate Britain and their tactics and people going oh it hurts the cause mm. um, and you know those discussions can go back and forth but you know I've gone to activist spaces where I felt left out and I get all the in-jokes and references. Um, yeah, I think I think the, the subcultures it's like I said to Rick in his interview I, I feel mm. like they can often work in the negative. Mm. That, and it, it makes sense. It makes sense that people need tribes and to, to come together and to have a sense of togetherness so you form a subculture, so you look a certain way or mm. you act a certain way, you listen to a similar kind of music. Um, but I'm, I'm also just experiencing in, in my practice right now in Seacroft, in the place where I live, that that cultural baggage can often be a negative thing mm. and turn a lot of people off. And a lot of people who still have the intention to be like care about the environment or care about mm. their local community and want everyone to be to have enough food to eat and want people to be able to heat their own homes. I mean, these are the issues that are affecting our local community and then environmental issues. Um, so yeah, let, we're, we're starting with, with a community allotment, but that, that can be a quietly radical act, I think. Sing an angry song, an angry song, cause everything's going so wrong, so wrong. Fascism is a cancer, and sometimes it goes into remission, and sometimes it becomes malignant. So the three times it's become malignant in the last 70 years, there's been a musical response to it. There was a carnival in 1978 in Hackney in North London, a Rock Against Racism carnival, where there was 100,000 people turned up. One stage, and just reggae and punk bands. In uh, 2008, Love Music Pay Racism had a 30-year anniversary of, of that carnival. But this time it was there was there were two stages, there were two tents, and there was a dance tent as well. So you can see that in that 30 years, the focus musically and subculturally changed from just really to the focus being two things to a wide variety of things. I think that's love music, hate racism, the name reflects that because it's not rocking against racism. You know, people are, are, are using all sorts of music. What we do know is it will always be music, musically based because that's one of the best tools we have to fight back against these people. Now I believe it's time for... Uh, oh no, where's the jingle? Oh, there it is. It's right, right next to the other jingle. It's time for Nat's Provocation Station. The chat train is pulling into Nat's Provocation Station. And welcome to my train station. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know that that was going to come out my mouth as it was coming out my mouth. Um, I'll keep this one short because we've only got a few minutes left, Henry Raby. So today, my provocation is maybe sums up a few of the things that we've been talking about, um, particularly with, with Zoe. This is something I wrote uh, a few days ago on the 12th of November. 
On the 12th of November 2021, the final day of COP26, I sit in stillness, contemplating, breathing in the reality of our times. It's impossible to comprehend the vastness of the impact that of the results of these global negotiations based on the short-term goals countries have set out temperatures will rise above two percent sea levels will rise drought floods heat waves and fierce storms complete devastation and occasionally i just try and sit in stillness, and comprehend what that means. For anyone remotely invested in the climate crisis, the last two weeks has been a turbulent time. My brain has a permanent fizz and crackle from constantly critically analysing each headline and speech and report. Through my computer screen, I try and keep abreast of the real COP26, where the organisers are and the unions and the indigenous people and the young people and the protesters, the puppets and the storytellers, the drums, the chanting, the sharing, the listening and all the colours. I feel overstimulated. And through this avalanche of information, the spikes of hope and twangs of horror my mind keeps on coming back to three simple words. Will it work? How are we going to make this time different? How can we change the story to create a different story? Or in other words, as an artist, as an activist, where is the best use of my energy? So in the last six weeks, but I mean generally for much longer than that, I've been involved in all sorts of different types of activism. Um, as I said to, to Chloe, uh, Chloe, Zoe, um, I've sort of broadly set them into three different categories. The top is truth to power. That's your protests, your marches, your banners, your placards, your, your direct action, the talking to the big corporations and the, the policy makers at the top of the uh, hierarchy. My, um, my second group I've got this is a rubbish name so if anyone's got a better name for this I've called the middle of the road management but that, that sounds really negative but I love this section this is your third sector working uh, collaboratively to build stronger more resilient sustainable communities so this is probably where you put your arts organizations your local councillors the trusts and charities um, anyone like that maybe a university organizations that are trying to build better communities and then in your third section is your very very grassroots and I call this grassroots small is beautiful and this is a different kind of direct action I think this is the kind that picks up litter or sees a bit of graffiti and cleans it off or scrubs off a uh, racist sticker that's stuck on a um, lamppost or looks after a neighbour, um, anything along those lines. So I guess my, my provocation to you, Henry Raby, is, you know, what are your reflections on, on yourself, your art, and, and where you fit within those three categories? I think um, 
there's been times in my life where I've been booking that coach down to London for the big demo. There's been times when yes, we I, have. We've all we've <laughs> been there. Uh, there's times when I have, uh, you know, encouraged that uh, scraping off of that sticker, that tiny action. That that normal. If I scrape off a stick, I always put it on social media, and I mm-hmm. say I'm doing this, and that may someone say, "Oh, that's virtue signaling." You're just going, "Look how good I am." I'm telling you know, and that's what mm-hmm. is that? But actually, uh, we talked about this last on the last episode about normalizing a culture where you go, "We just do not stand for that." I'm like, not we're going to walk past not, a racist sticker yeah. or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, and um, and then the 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 last thing I'm wondering about your middle one is, yeah, I did the sail training, which is sustainability in the arts, and mm. and trying to think here how. We at the chapel can make ourselves more sustainable, and and I guess you've got to... or you know take a group of young people up to COP <laughs> and like show them one of the biggest demonstrations that's happened in I don't yeah. know ages. But if if I have any hope at all, I mean I'm feeling loads more hopeful after the show. I think Me you've too, done a man. great job. What I a am, great! I'm buzzing. Why don't you want to go to the pub afterwards? I know because I'm being no being, fun month. No fun month. Being no busy and boring. Yeah, I think if there's any hope, it 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 comes from people and mobilising yeah. and conversations and and I was really interested very quickly to say this and I think it's time to wrap up but mm-hmm. um, I sometimes go to protest and the more interesting stuff happens afterwards in the pub and you were saying that while we were at COP up in Glasgow there was, an, there was a demonstration down in in Leeds, Leeds in the city centre and actually it wasn't very shouty or, or no. marchy or direct action it was lots of people connecting having those conversations and out of that grows many other uh, actions and many other connections and communities and um, yeah I think Let's, we're going to win yeah, yeah. We're smash win. it mate yeah we're going to win we're, we're going to win <laughs> so sing an angry song an angry song because everything's going so wrong so wrong <laughs> <laughs> and now I do believe it is time for Henry's favourite part of the show it's time where Henry gets to do his own thing Hello and welcome back to this year's Eisteddfod. Coming up next, we're very lucky to have a performance from the acclaimed soloist Henry Reby. Oh. oh I, don't, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Sounds like he's doing his own thing. That's right, folks. It's time for Henry Does His Own Thing, my favourite feature. Okay, here's a a brand new poem for you folks. I've never performed it live before. I think I might have done actually on a Zoom. But this this is beyond the world of Zoom. This is digital radio. So please enjoy. York, like all cities, my home is haunted. I'm not talking about the attractions cheaper via coupon where theatre graduates apply makeup for jump scares or robed entrepreneurs entertain tours at allotted hours, no. In back rooms of pubs and beyond the bars, I have supped where spirits insist on sticking around. With an IPA in me one night, I saw three ghosts rally round a table. Dickens short story spooks taking shots. Who's got the next round? A man dragged straight from the 1800s stands and raises his tankard. Looks like he was dragged straight through a thorny bush. 
A toast to the Nottingham captain, he barks to the bar and regales the tale of Luddite uprisings and noose evaders who took up arms to wipe out the national debt. A toast to King Lud, whoever he may be, and curse the blue bloods who sent us to die in Waterloo mud. A curse on the lawmen and magistrates, may they drink poison and drown out their guts. The other ghosts down drinks into floating bellies like Caspers on a pub crawl. Another pipes up. Percy Shelley lived here in York, that romantic swine, and if his ghost comes crawling in, I'll give him a piece of my mind. He penned that poem about standing still. I quote... And if then the tyrants dare, let them ride among you there. Slash and stab and maim and hew what they like, let them do. Well, Shelley, I was at Peterloo, and when they came to grind us down, I'll tell every future protester to always stand your ground. What use is it to have a blade or bat and batter you? Picket line, augury field to be made, motorway, or Whitehall wailing against fees and cuts. They made me a ghost too soon, was British sabres spilled my blood. In the smoking area, the third ghost was a girl swirling with mist, a being of incorporeal fog, lost aside the vapours and smokers outside. She was young and spoke with an Irish tongue. I'm glad these lighters and vapes are the modern way. My sisters and I made matches in London factories, but where the fossy jaw we'd worn than cry, for every nineteen that lived one of us would die. She sung of unionising and igniting walkouts, of street-blocking police and their own strikes. And when one bloke muttered, hey, it's health and safety gone mad, she set fire to the twat. The beacon brought in more ghosts who agreed, aye, this pub is rather good, beer tastes a lot better than at the Row Street Club. And that night I met the ghosts of rioters and mutineers, diggers, blanketeers, Luddites, Chartists, Soenites, Specians, the toll puddle from... From Tollpuddle to Aberdare, the starving and the starved, the deported and the chained, supped ales and gins through chipped teeth, broken jaws, each with a story about the state and kings and laws, and in the distance, carried over blooded seas by bitter winds, the haunting writhe of coins and boats and whips and coffers bloated, statues raised and cursed legacies. And when the last order's bell tolled, it didn't toll for these rebel spooks. Off they went en masse, singing songs into the skies like banshees all with booze up to their eyes. After all, they were making up for time lost, suffering under the Seditious Meetings Act. They tried to career into the club before a bouncer said, "'Excuse me, have any of you pale folks got some form of ID?' So I left these spirits outside the club trying to get in and threatening a haunting. When I went home and wrote this poem and did some angry tweeting. And it strikes me like the lick of Sambuca flame on a Saturday night. Our ghosts would give this fresh cop of masters a decent fight. Oh, wow, Henry, I love it. I love it. You'll be either maimed or blinded, lad, or more than likely dead. So now you're looking at me, lad, tell me your answer plain. I said me name is Longstaff, I want to go to Spain. Now... (laughs) I would like to formally apologise for in any way thinking that that was a hopeful song. That is Henry's kind of hopeful, where it's just singing a jolly tune about how rubbish it's going to be when you go to war. That's, oh, I need to make sure that I definitely listen to the songs before I let you play them. I mean, it was more hopeful than the other song on the album about carrying a coffin down to London to <laughs> protest against poverty. I can't believe you said that was a 
call to arms. And it's just, and these are all the rubbish things that are going to happen to you when you fight the fascists. Da, 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 da. Oh, lordy lord. Anyway, I think it's about time you did your own thing, isn't it? Sing an angry song, an angry song, because everything's going so wrong, so wrong. I'll, uh, I'll read the piece that is actually featured on the trailer for the show, uh, which is um, made by a, a wonderful filmmaker called Tom Midgley. Uh, and this is Ashes, which I, I scattered my portion of Dad's Ashes on Otley Shevin, so highly local. Um, and this is about all the advice he ever gave him before he died. If you put your foot down when you drive over hills, a ruckus rags your innards skyward till gravity momentarily reprieved slams you cheering to your seat. It is customary when booking a holiday to sprint the length of the living room, arms wide making aeroplane noises. When the tickets arrive, insist you get the window seat to be the first to see baked beaches, olive trees. For optimal telewatching, negotiate with the sofa till it remembers the shape of your arse. If the kids call you Homer, tut, roll your eyes. When necessary, use their full names to chastise. But only utter swear words when stressed with DIY. Remember, when you sow seeds, you do so in neat lines. You know they will grow to fill you with pride. They know that one day they will miss your advice. The cardboard tube with mass printed sunsets cannot begin to contain a man whose image plants peace. Glasses poised, peering at the adventure of life. This I know. When I stand in this flower garden balanced on a cliff face and whisper goodbye. Oh, <laughs> I'm very excited. One of the things for the show for my voice that I was really adamant about was that everything would be British we'd really hone in on the black British experience yeah because there is a massive thing whereby the the experience of black Brits is always mitigated and seen through the lens of American black mm -hmm. culture which has its place you know I'm not kind of denigrating that but I think because that's been lofted so high people are forgetting and people don't realize that some of the stuff that happens in the states happens here I wondered how you as a theatre maker approach that rehearsal space where you know you've got these actors, you want to digest these themes, how you sort of look after them, how you look after your cast, how you look after yourself. But equally then, is there a point when you go, we just got to put on a play? I couldn't approach this play if I didn't approach it. For, I couldn't approach any artistic work if it didn't come from somewhere deep in what I laughably call a heart. Welcome to Vandal Factory. My name's Natalie Quatermass. And I'm Henry Raby. And we are Vandal Factory. I feel like we established yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, that was quite clear. What's that? There's not a moment today. 
who could take me away from Henry? Aww. Yes, there is. It's not a man today who could take me away from rabies. Is that because we're doing a live show? Yeah. And we yeah. need to be it, on it. It would be really inconvenient <laughs> if someone was trying to take me away at this moment in time. I was, you know, I've turned my phone off, so it shouldn't. Unless they to physically come in here and try and take me away from you. Sing an angry song, an angry song, because everything's going so wrong, so wrong. Um, we should really talk to each other more. <laughs> no. Do you want to hang out? We do enough of that. <laughs> uh, I started reading a book called Period Power, which is changing my entire relationship with my body. Great. Well, I went to see a band called Benefits at the Fulford Arms in York. Did it change your entire relationship with your body? Uh, oh, I was very achy. Was like, <laughs> they played a long set. I was yeah. like, oh, come on, lads, 45 minutes. Chop, what? chop. I want to go home. <laughs> did go. like did 90 minutes. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, yeah, like I, I'm trying to, talking about young people as well, I think we, and this isn't just young people, this is everyone, have really stuck in a loop of we want a better future when do we want it now what would you like more good stuff how do you want it Ooh. um well so uh hmm and you know we're like well, that's your job that's the you know that's the grown-up's job but no one can quite articulate yeah. the, the level of change that we want to see so there's something about just going out and creating it and creating new systems in a really like small scale way. Small. When I say small scale, I don't mean like individual people turning off the lights or whatever. I mean, no, I get looking you, I get at you. your local community. I think it's also about like working out what the, the useful things might be that as artists or theatre makers, that you can contribute to that. And I think a lot of that is about storytelling mm-hmm. and about making accessible yeah. really, really complicated ideas that are underreported in the press. And I do think there's a real role there for artists. Not not only that, I think there's more than just that. And I think it is about community building, like you say, and some really like practical elements about, you know, survival. But as much as that, I think it is about storytelling, both in sort of communicating those ideas yeah. and enabling people to imagine alternatives and imagine how they can, you know, thrive or at least survive. Sing an angry song, an angry song, because everything's going so wrong, so wrong. My hope wishes they'd had more to eat before heading out. My hope is surviving off crisps and waits patiently for their spot at the Golden Ball open mic. (laughs) My anger is always on the bus late. Thumb sore from scrolling the news, seething in threadbare shoes. My anger forgot a key or code or date, barricades a heart behind bulky in-jokes. My anger chooses which cabinet minister to hate. Twin devils on each shoulder called grumpy and irate. My calendar... My hope has a calendar filled and overflowing, has the coolest punk patches going and reaps all its sowing, makes the same smile in every photo, shoulder to shoulder with poets and writers and strikers and placard sharers. My hope makes the best playlists. My anger deliberately walks through puddles, looks for a glass house to live in. My anger rehearses the same arguments over and over like an awkward glitch, knows the font of the script, exits. My hope listens and rehearses too, just in case a friend needs a lift or a revolution needs planning. My hope looks up from their phone when the anger enters the pub and sometimes remembers to buy them a drink. Wow, Henry, that is some good writing.
Titans you're doing like, there. brain splurgeons. Ah, excellent. I love it. It's time to play Punk Band or Ale. I have here a list of bands or ales. All the bands, mm. if, if they are a band, they played at Manchester Punk Festival. Great. If they're an ale... They they just exist in the world. Okay, they're not ales. <laughs> they're not they're, you, they're not ales that had went to Manchester weekend. Punk Festival. No. Okay, so you basically have to decide whether it is an ale. I'm excited. Or a punk band. So first one, in evil hour. In evil hour. In evil hour. Ale. A hardcore punk band from ah. the northeast. Ah. Eh-eh. Reindeer Porter. Ooh. Reindeer, Reindeer Porter. Porter. Ale. Yes. yes. It is a Leeds Brewery Festival Ale. Festive Ale. Baby-Faced Assassin. <laughs> Band. Uh, no, they no! are oh, Rooster no. Brewery. Uh, Say it again. Rooster Brewery. No, the name of the ale. Baby-Faced Assassin. Baby-Faced Assassin. Baby-Faced Assassin. Thank you, Henry Rayburn. Melt Banana. Melt Banana. Ale. They're a Japanese noise rock legendary band. Oh, no. oh, there's, there's a lot of noise rock fans out there annoyed at you now. And a lot of flavours, flavours <laughs> in bands. Yeah, oh. flavoursome flavoursome lyrics. Bruise control. Now I have to say bruise is spelt like, you know, when you punch my arm and it bruises. Not brew. Not brew, yeah. So Okay. Bruise, bruise con- control. Bruise control. Band. Yes, Manchester lads. Oh, Thousand Yard Stare. Oh, I'm giving him the Thousand Yard Stare. That's what I form this band. That's what I do most nights. Just staring into the abyss. Planning your revenge. Um, Thousand Yard Stare. Oh, I'm just going to go see um, Thousand Yard Stare. Oh, do you know what I fancy? A really nice pint of Thousand Yard Stare. I think it's the first one. Uh, Band. It's a uh, Rooster Brewery. It's a healthy pale. No! What what this proves is that, you know, it's a great feature. It is great, and Na- I'm rubbish. <laughs> Nanny State. Oh, br- beer. Yeah, brew yeah. dog. But, brew you know. I knew that one. A punk man could be called Nanny State. Yeah, yeah. Bang Bang Cocktail. Um, Band. Yes. yes. Where, where in the world do you think they're from? Bang Bang Cocktail. Bang Bang Cocktail. Bang Bang. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Don't make me guess. They're from France. Are they? They're an acoustic ska band. Why would band. I guess that? I don't know. All right. It's just, it's just okay. keeping the momentum going. All right. <laughs> Nosebleed. Oh, minging. <laughs> if this is a beer, I'll be so disappointed <laughs> in whoever made it. Band. Band. Yes. Oh, Leeds Garage Rock and Roll Trio. Phew. Last one. Yeah. Uh, Witch Fever. Beer. Nah, they're doom punk, mate. Oh, and they're a really good band. And I. Witch Fear. I, and Witch Fever. Witch Fever. Well, uh, I, I heard Witch Fear. And when I, oh, okay. Completely different. Right. <laughs> when, I, when I went to get some merch off the merch doll, because that's the essence of punk, mm-hmm. Paddy Constantine was in front of me. Oh. And I, the nicest thing I did all festivals, not photobomb the lead singer of Witch Fever, oh. um, get in. Get in a photo with That's Paddy Constantine. Anyway, well, that was a nice little feature. Thank you, And Henry. there's I a nice little that. anecdote. <laughs> and let's just see how far we can get. 
Stand up, stand tall, cause at the end of it all, yeah, the future isn't over yet. We marched out onto the road and stopped the traffic, and we walked up and down Eden Road and held up people's afternoon with placards supporting the workers. Now, um, you would think that you would get an awful lot of swearing, but, but the majority of people were beeping their horns in support at us, and and that's a good example of what 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 music can do. Proud to be a part of it whenever I can. <laughs> We're here at Leeds Playhouse. We've just seen Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Natalie, and it was brilliant! Oh, I loved it! That proper mint. Yeah. We said it was great how at the same time it looked like a dirty punk venue, but also glamorous and sparkly. Yes, and I was comparing it to the film and saying in some ways it is the same, but in other ways it is different. <laughs> and for more analysis, here's Henry. It's just about trusting people, isn't it? And how you shouldn't. And always being yourself. Yeah, none of none of the people that she trusts like never really pays off, does it? No. No. No, all the relationships are about power and a mis- yeah. misuse of power in both directions. Yeah. But it's it's so good. It, yeah. The music is awesome. Um, Everyone was swaying and clapping. The guy next to me like desperately wanting to belt out all the words. Oh, Bless him. And he and, did a little. And, that was me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that next to me wanted to do it as well. Uh, and here we have some audience members who <laughs> also enjoyed the show, m- maybe. What did you think, audience member? Is this for a real radio show, or are you just going to listen back to this in your bedroom later on? This is all. It's just this one precious life. We do have one precious life, Henry, and I'm glad I'm spending it with you. Uh, okay. That was 14 Miles by Jasmine Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I hope you feel like she, she's put your her arm around you all as well, listeners, or certainly that we are putting our arms around you and giving you a little cuddle as you listen to Vandal Factory Radio Show. Hope, <laughs> Excellent. And to close the show, this is uh, it's the time of the show where I get to provoke you, Henry Raby. Oh, <laughs> if, if you thought I was on tenterhooks before, oh, no. the hooks have grown astronomically. Well, I am ready to be provoked. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I am more nervous about this one than I've been with any of my other previous provocations because I'm going to talk about me mental health. Oh, bloody <laughs> hell. Here we go. So, bloody millennial yeah. talking about mental health. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that is very much the, what I'm going to dissect a little bit for you here. Um, as I said at the top of the show, it, it's Mental Health Awareness Week and, um, you know, that's all of it's it's a great thing that I'm sure raises lots of money and it's a fantastic thing, no question that we are it's good to be aware of mental health and mental health issues and struggles and all that that means. I think if you're not in a great space in terms of your own mental health, it's quite challenging to just constantly have mental health awareness week, mental health awareness week. Are you aware of your mental health? Feeling depressed? Are you aware? Are you aware? Be more aware. And so I just I found it I found it quite intense. 
you know, the old depression and anxiety has been been pretty high recently. The old Mr. Anxiety knocking at the old oh, door. Hello, old on for friend. A cup of tea. Come, come on in. Lady depression slipping in <laughs> for a piece of cake and a bit oh, of a cry. Please, let me get out the coasters. <laughs> exactly. Hope. I don't see projects like that. You you know, if you if you've started something with a community, you need to you need to carry that on. Yeah. Um, and we've been working in Bramley for seven years, so we had quite a good grounding. So we did a project called uh, We Are Bramley Acts of Defiance, which was kind of um, inspired by all the things we'd seen in Bramley that were quite defiant and, wh- and they, where the community had come together, like the um, uh, it's, I call it the Stay and Sit campaign, but I know it's not called that. Um, it, it's basically uh, the shopping centre in Bramley removed the new owners removed all the benches from around the shopping center so nobody had anywhere to sit which is obviously no good for old people older people or people with mobility issues that want to have a sit down while they're shopping and so the community got together and um brought their own seats and for six months brought an extra seat for somebody else and they all sat there for six months um every saturday until the benches were put back amazing most of them are back not all of them there's still a little way to go i think but things like that (laughs) we're just making you know if if you you think well the authorities maybe aren't doing anything about that we're just going to make it happen Mm -hmm. and it's the same with bramley bass which is where bramley mermaids um are based Sing an angry song an angry song because everything's going so wrong so wrong have a wicked summer, everyone. Yeah, like go and just like enjoy the sunshine and feel hopeful and spring yes. forward in the face of just global annihilation. Store your beans up. That's what I'm doing this summer. I'm storing up my beans. <laughs> and PhD student extraordinaire. Are you having a mental breakdown? <laughs> Have you forgotten who we are? E, it's, it's, an, it's amazing we got commissioned for a second series isn't it oh man thinking all that preparation we had to do for a second series this is indeed the start of our second series of the vandal factory i i had a chat with the higher ups yeah over at at, at chapel fm art center where east leeds fm is based i had a chat with the broadcast worker yeah yeah henry's for those of you that don't know henry's being facetious because he he is the 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 broadcast worker broadcast worker before we say goodbye, it's time for Henry to do his own thing. And I'm Henry, so I better do my own thing. Off you pop. Um, so this one, I think you're going to like this, Nat, because it's a poem <gasps> about being sad. Oh, good. It's called, This is Secretly a Poem About the Welfare State. <laughs> <laughs> I was... <laughs> I Were mean... you going to be like, is it about the welfare state? No, I, I was going to be like, can, can I heckle? But maybe you wouldn't appreciate that. That's okay. All my friends wake up to the silence of their phones, simultaneously read text messages asking them to come in for a shift. We crick our necks to scan messages across a choice of networks, connectivity at a cost to our data, but Wordle is worth it. 
We wake up to backaches and for goodness sakes, get out of bed that millisecond too late. All our landlords have popped round to check in. Antidepressant breakfast while the landlord advises every second is a second you could be earning. All my friends are ever so deserving, cradle to grave, but only to a certain age. All my friends are knackered. Decked by waiting lists and no word yet, my friends call GPs and, spoiler alert, correctly predicts the failed response. My friends advise each other on posh baked bean recipes. Countdown... <laughs> I hate it when you use me to, to write poems about. Stop writing poems about my life. <laughs> it's Continue. ten years of friendship right here. <laughs> Countdown days until they can visit the clinic. The bus doesn't go where we want it to go. The route's like a quest, but the return ticket won't be valid. Like a hobbit spread over too many movies. Bus routes carved up like chewing orcs. My friends sit down to eat a meal that has got more expensive in the last 24 hours. My friends count the creeping cost of lunch. Midday jubble... Do- Midday, double jobbing, hobbling along, internet of the libraries down, laptops knackered, doom scrolling, brain fogging, I'm tripping up over my bootstraps and toppling down unfixed potholes. YouGov asks if we're planning a holiday abroad this year and we smirk. Fool me once, we mutter through yet another general election. We're, that evening, we are borrowing X's Netflixes. <laughs> wait, hold on. <clears throat> By evening we are borrowing X's Netflixes. We are viewing flats like lats dish attempts. We're calculating rail card viability, buying another power meter plug, checking how mum's getting on, feeling too guilty to properly enjoy the takeaway. My friends are legends. Surviving through dodgy broadband, we send each other love in the form of plucked memes, the finest gleaming gifts. At least we're not failures at selecting the perfect songs. My friends are knackered. My friends have made far too many placards. My friends just want revenge. Oh, very good. Love that. But Henry, look, you're going to have to work harder at disguising <laughs> actually just writing. Just take out my friends. You might as well just say Nat. <laughs> this is secretly a poem Nat about is Nat. Nat <laughs> Just because I, your I, millennial yeah. experiences are universal, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> Good material for a poem. <laughs> I'll just write this down. You should take me to court and be like, yeah. where's, my, where's my cut? I want 10% of the nothing of that the, he's yeah, making. So we come into it as adults saying, oh, you know, are you, are you worried about social media? And most of the young people, I don't want to speak for them all, but most of them were like, no, we're really not that stressed about it. Like, this is just a thing that adults think is terrible. And we're like, we know that it's problematic, but we also know that it's useful. And they were much sort of smarter about that than I think I am. It's a hysteria um, that adults yes, can have. Yeah, it? like we, we just think about all the terrible stuff. But actually, when you look at, you know, there's a lot of Greta Thunberg in this show. And when you look at, when you know there's a line in the show that says nobody would have known who Greta was if she didn't post her stuff on Instagram and I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for that and um, especially in terms of activism and in terms of raising the raising the voice of young people and giving them a platform in which they can speak social media is a fantastic tool for that Um, but this show we've been looking to create a energy generating dance floor um, and so the way that works is basically movement on these tiles up and down uh, is converted 
into kinetic energy and is able to power us like some lights, not all of the lights, um, but lights for the for the show. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and what are your your hopes to develop that? I mean, that you suddenly go, what would happen if all our dance clubs and spaces were had this technology in them and they were yes. self-generating and how cool would that be? Yeah, I mean, it would be amazing. Um, I, our incredible technician and dance floor designer, um, Jack, has been on like a long process, like through like many different prototypes to try and find the most efficient way. And he has like amazing ideas to like develop them more. That's like if we have like loads of money, which we don't. <laughs> um, so I think it's like continued uh, like work in progress as we continue to develop it and work out ways in which we can make it more efficient, uh, make it more accessible, um, make it more yeah basically make it work in in the most the, the best way uh, possible um so yeah so the dance floor is like a work in progress but is generating light and energy which is so mad like just to watch people move on these tiles and then just see like it created <laughs> in a way that my tiny tiny mind does not understand yeah. me and my co-director was like we're like really cool if we have an energy harvesting dance floor that'd be really cool wouldn't it and then jack this just like incredible technician and lighting designer was just like yeah so i reckon i can do that <laughs> okay wow. and now he hates us <laughs> yeah. you, need, you need to get big book funding from like flares and bar one and I don't know, yeah. I don't know all, all these like big commercial spaces. Yeah, but... literally, literally, that'd be amazing. Henry Raby, how is your hope and how is your anger? Well, I'm feeling quite hopeful because this is our 10th episode oh. and they said a theatre director and a poet <laughs> could never be friends. <laughs> They could never make they it. They could never make it. But here we are, 10 oh, episodes down. It's also our 10-year ten, ten friendship anniversary Yeah, this month, sort of. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, it dragged on a bit, hasn't yeah. it? 10 years. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Anywho.